morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being a part of today. I'm glad you're here. Um, it's, good to, it's good to see you all. I want to remind you that we have uh, for our graduating high school seniors Bibles in the back. And I want to encourage everyone in the church to take a moment and sign the Bibles. And you're going to say, well, I don't know any of the seniors that are graduating. Um, that's okay. Um, they will be taking these Bibles with them and they'll have them for the rest of their lives. And so some, some point in time, I believe that um, they're going to be going through something and they're going to want to open the Bible up and all of a sudden they're going to see a verse that you underlined or a message maybe that you signed off and, and they'll say, wow, it's making a difference in our life. And so what you put down today will make a difference in the life better. So they're back there. They're here for the next couple of weeks. Make sure you, you take time to, to sign those. So the other day I, uh, I was eating an apple. Um, I was in my office just Decided to take uh, to eat an apple for lunch, and you know I'm, I'm eating it, and I, and I just thought about this thing. And I said, you know, this apple, it isn't particularly good, you know, and it isn't particularly bad. Yeah, it just it just is, you know. Now, if if an apple is is good, it's 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 great, you know. It, it gives me something to say, wow, I really like this. If an apple is really bad, it gives me something to complain about, you know, and I like to do that. I like a good apple, and I also like to make a lot of noise and complain about stuff. It just kind of was as I'm eating this. It was just, you ever had that? It just, it just is, you know, there. And, and, and um, I shared this at our steering team as I was trying to make some kind of spiritual point that I can't remember now what it was. And, and, and somebody said, you know, there's a word for that. There's a word when something's not particularly good and not particularly bad. It's the word meh. Meh, okay? Have you ever heard of that word before? It's actually a new word. It's kind of new now in the dictionary, believe it or not. It's when something is not good. It's when something's not bad. It's just what? Meh. It's, it's just there. How was the movie? Meh, meh, you know. How was your day? Meh, you know. How's life? Meh, you know, meh. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. Meh, meh. Yeah, there it is. So there it is. It's like, like meh, you know, meh, meh. How many of you, any of you had a, this week was just kind of meh for you, just kind of, eh, it, just, it, just, it just was. Now, now, what can drive us nuts about this and me in this is that when I look at the Bible and when I look at what God says to me about my life and how I'm supposed to be living, it seems like meh shouldn't be part of the vocabulary. Jesus said this, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, we have received God's spirit so that we can know the incredible things that God has freely given us. And when you look at those two verses, they have some things in common. One is they have the Holy Spirit is mentioned in it, both of them. And the second, it tells me that life is, doesn't have to be so what? Meh. And, and there are people and, 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 and you may see here, and God you know, just seems so, so real to them, you know, so real. And maybe you know people, maybe you're here because of that, you know. seems like they found God, and that's kind of the way that, that some people will term it. They found God here, and they'll come and they'll say, wow, you know, there's people here, they just seem so close to God. They, they, they found God, and Jesus is real, and, and it's working for them, or there's this thing about them, or Jesus for them is like this wild ride, and, and worship, you know, you'll see people that they really get into it, you know, they really get into it, they're really worshiping, and if they're kind of really worshiping, they got one hand in the air, and if they're really, really worshiping, they have what? 
You know, two hands in the air, yeah, and that's cool, and I, and I, and I, and I love that, and, and maybe you're thinking the only time I've ever come close to getting my hands in the air is the time I uh, stretched out and yawned, you know, and that was about the closest you've got, and what I want to do is I want to spend just a few moments allowing God to speak to you um, about the movement of God in experience, the experience of God we're to have in our lives, Okay. Before we go any farther, I'd just like to take a second and pray. So, Lord, thank you now for these moments. And, Father, speak through me and give me the right words to share and help us to hear what you want us to hear. In your son's name, we ask this. Amen. So, <coughs> excuse me, our year for 28, or our theme for 2018 is the theme Illuminate because we want to do as what the Bible says, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be illuminated, may be opened up, so you might be able to really grasp and understand everything that God has for you in your life. <clears throat> and so we spent 40 days in the Word because the Bible so clearly can speak into your life and open up your mind and your eyes and your heart to, to God and who He is and what He does in your life. And we've looked at who Jesus is, the person and work of Jesus. And, and today we're going to talk about something that Francis Chan, an author, calls forgotten God, the forgotten God. And that would be the Holy Spirit. And some of you are aware of the Holy Spirit, and some of you are kind of saying, you know, I, I don't understand the Holy Spirit at all. And some of you are saying, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. I don't. I don't quite understand how it all works and all that. And that's what I would like to talk about. Jesus said this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So, so question asked, you know, some questions, who is the Holy Spirit to me? Who is the Holy Spirit to you? Do you have any Star Wars fans out here? And don't be ashamed. You know, Star Wars fans, hands up. Oh, good. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. Good for you guys. I guess a new one just came out this weekend, didn't it? You know, didn't it? Yeah, Friday. There you go. Okay. Good. Star Wars fans, you are. Okay. Any of you have a favorite? Any of you have a favorite of the of the of whole Star Wars series? Any of you guys have a favorite? You know? Yeah. Um, do you have trouble saying which one is your favorite? Because it goes like this. You know, somebody will say, "Well, my favorite is the first one," and the response is. Well, which first one? The first one that came out, which is actually number four, or the fourth one that came out, which is actually number what? Number one. You see? You see how it's confusing? You you, you get that? And so the first one is actually number four, or it can be number one. The fifth one is actually number two, and the second one can also be number five. Okay? You're with me so far? You got this all together with us? Well, now the last one came out, Han Solo came out, which is actually before the fourth one, which is really the first one, but it's now the second one. So the fourth is now the second, and the second, which is now the fifth, is now the third. Okay, you're all, we're, all, we're all together on the Star Wars thing? Okay, we got it. Anyway, the big issue when Star Wars first came out, you know, I remember when it first came out, and, you know, um, it was the big deal was the what? May the what be with you? May the force be with you. You know, that was a big term. May the force be with you, and T-shirts were there, and it was all kind of out on, on, the, on the big big deal. You know, use the what, Luke? Use the force, Luke, you know, and the thing would come out, and he used the force, and he'd do all kinds of kind of stuff like that. And, and, and when the Star Wars movies came out, you know, 
Christians can kind of get all uptight about anything that even kind of reeks of the spiritual. And so some Christian churches were saying, oh, no, you know, we need to ban Star Wars because it talks about the force, and the force is supposed to be the Holy Spirit. It's really making the Holy Spirit down into nothing but a force. And they're thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure that's what it means. But anyway, there's big arguments about that one. But some people do kind of come away with the whole concept and idea that what is the Holy Spirit? Is it like the force? You know, is it like there's some kind of a all-unifying force out there that's got a good side and a dark side, Luke? You know, is it that kind of a thing? Is that the kind of force that we're talking about here? When you talk about the Holy Spirit, what does that mean, and what kind of a force is it? Jesus says more than a force is the Holy Spirit. In fact, he will use the term he. So it's more than impersonal. Good theology will tell you that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triunity of God, co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's called the triunity of God, and your head's beginning to go, and that should be, because now we're talking about the very essence and nature of God. And of course, it's going to get to be incomprehensible pretty quickly as you begin to think it out. The Bible says this, Holy Spirit prays for us. Forces don't pray. Persons do. And it says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That means the Holy Spirit can be made sorrowful in your life or grieved. I bring sorrow into God's Spirit. And, and, and what I, I want to say, and just to kind of help you land on, on this and help us land on this one, the Holy Spirit personalizes God's presence in your life. The Holy Spirit is going to personalize God's presence in my life. It's going to be a real and living, enduring presence in you. That's the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus says again. I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And some of you are saying, yeah, I know him because he lives in me and he's going to be with me. Now, when Jesus uses the term counselor, he doesn't mean therapist where you lay down on a couch, you know, and share all your problems on this one. Actually, the term means somebody who's going to come alongside will be with will continually be there for you in connection and in closeness. I needed that this week. It's the presence of God in my life where we can say, I'm going through a lot of bad stuff, but I know for some reason, deep in the inside part of me, I am not alone in this. I'm not alone. There's a presence of God because I've had this experience going on in me. And people without Christ cannot grasp this. Jesus said they, they just don't get it. You ever talk to people? It's just, I, just don't, I just don't quite get this whole Jesus thing. I just don't quite get it. I don't understand it. Well, of course not, because the Holy Spirit hasn't been placed in a person's life, the experience of God. He is the personal experience of God in us and in our lives. And it's what makes this stuff living and alive in us. It's what, what, what moves it from Jesus as just simply being a religious figure or Christianity as just being another religion amongst others to a living dynamic thing in our lives. It's not just simply one faith among others. It's why we say, yeah, I know Jesus. I know God. Not I know about God or I've learned the tenets of it. 
It's no, I know there's a living reality, a living presence in, in me. I was, I was listening to something this week, I was talking, and, 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 and the person says, you need to live forgiven. It's a Christian, Christian therapy thing you know, on the radio. You need to live forgiven. You need to live loved. Hear that? How do you live forgiven? How do you do that? What gives you the power and the strength and the dynamic to live forgiven and to live loved? How do you, how do, you do that? And sometimes you think I've got to personally strive and do this on myself. No, 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 no. It's too hard. You can't do that yourself. You can't. It's the presence and morality of God. Jesus keeps it up. He says this, but the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. It's how you know, yeah, this stuff is real. I finally found the real thing, the real deal. I have a cousin who's really, really smart. I mean, really smart. Um, PhD kind of stuff, reads all kinds of languages, into philosophy and logic when he was in high school. I mean, just, you know, brilliant in all these kinds of things. He's my cousin, and we're about the same age, okay, which made it very awkward at family reunions sometimes, okay, because we were the only two guys about the same age here, you know, and he's conversing in these kinds of languages and this kind of theology and this kind of thought, you know, and, and, and for me, um, they, I'm not that good with that kind of stuff, and so we try, we try and talk and converse, and he you know, I'll be talking to the adults, and they'd say, hey, why don't you sit here at the adult table? Paul, you can go sit at the kids' table, you know, like that. And so I'd perpetually be there. And then family unions, it would be kind of, you know, how's it feel to be cousin to a guy who's brilliant, you know? And it's like, oh, it feels horrible, you know, but thank you very much. <laughs> and, 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 and he had strong faith, strong faith in Christ in high school, strong faith. And he helped introduce me to people that had strong faith. Um, in Christ in high school. And, and in college, all of a sudden, you know, I'm taking World Religions classes and I'm starting to doubt this stuff. You know, I'm getting really doubtful about these things. I'm taking World Religions classes and, and I'm thinking, well, wait a second. You know, there are people that have other faiths that are much more committed to their faith than I am into mine. And they're much more into their stuff than I'm into mine. And, and one of the things that really kept bugging me through this whole kind of little process and journey that I was going through was why does my cousin, who's really, really smart, believe this stuff, you know? I mean, he can logic it all out. He can reason it all out. I mean, he's read all the philosophies, and he's read all the religions. How come he keeps believing this stuff? What's going on with that? And why do smart people, really smart people, brilliant people, hold on to faith in Christ, even though they have arguments and so many arguments that people say against this or against that or against this or against that, you know, or it's one religion among others. Why do brilliant people... Still believe in it and hold on to it. Why? It's not just because of the plausibility of it. And and again, there's plausibility for Christianity. I get it. I understand it. Why do they keep believing even through hardships and even through problems when it seems like everything in their life denies the very fact that there is a good, loving God? Why do we still believe? Why do they still believe? Why should I still believe? Why? Why? It's because... They have had an experience with Jesus, and that experience stays in them and with them. And they would be able to say, in the midst of the darkness, I know God, because I know he's in my life. And we try and explain it by saying he's in my heart, he's in my life, he's in me. And we use all kinds of concepts to try and say it. Because it's hard to explain when there's a person that's in your life or in your heart. And it's kind of like trying to explain to somebody what it's like to be in love. 
you know? You know, scientifically, you can't prove love. You just can't do it. Now, you can talk about reasons and what it feels like and all that kind of stuff, but once you're there and once you're in it, you just what? You just know, and you can just simply say, this person loves me, and I love this person, and they're kind of in my life. With God, it's even more dynamic, and it's even more real, because the Bible promises it'll be inside of you. And I know I'm barely explaining it, but it's a reality you have to experience. And, and I know enough of the theological parts, and, and, I, and I know that there are some people that they will say, when you get the Holy Spirit, all kinds of, of incredible things are going to happen to you, all kinds of major things. And some people in the theological camp that, that when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to fall down, you know, completely fall down and be comatose for a while. Others, others might say, well, the sign of the Holy Spirit in you is you're going to speak in other tongues and other languages are just going to come out. And some say, no, it's just a really good euphoric experience you know that's where you are and, and so we're kind of moving down the theological spectrum and and some will say no no it's just kind of an assurance and some will say you know it's just kind of a faith thing you just kind of have to believe it okay i come from a baptist background and the only movement of god in a church service is usually the pastor's mouth okay that's about it you know and and so we have everyone here on this whole spectrum and and, and maybe you've been in some of these churches that are a little bit kind of wilder and crazier and maybe you've been in some that are a little bit more more um um, more conservative in regards to that. Um, our church has every group right here. Every single group of people are in here. And I think that's awesome. You know, that's really awesome. Pastor Len comes from a different, whole different theological viewpoint than I do in regarding the movement of the Holy Spirit. And we'll have discussions on that all the time. We'll talk about it all the time, you know. We get along just fine, you know, but we were different on this one. And I've told you this before. I say, you know, Len, you can believe... Whatever you believe, and I'll believe what God believes, okay? So it's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I am just thinking that when you personally accept Jesus, there is a personal experience, and you should have as you encounter the presence of God and the Spirit of God enters into you something that happens, something where you can point back and say, yeah, this is when I knew I was loved by God and I loved him back. And I don't know what it looks like for you. I know what, look, what it looks like for me. And I know that for you, God will give you exactly what you need, exactly what you need. And if it's, if it's tongues and if it's all these kinds of things, God knows you need that, you'll get it. If it's just a subtle assurance in your heart, then guess what? That's what you're going to get because God knows exactly what you need. For me, I, I've told you this story before. It was when I graduated from junior college at the kitchen table. I'd gone through all these kinds of doubts and all this kind of stuff. And I had confessed finally, I finally confessed my life was lived only for me. With God, I had put God on the sidelines. And so I asked to be forgiven of that and that Jesus be in my life for real. And an incredible feeling of love and acceptance came in because that's what I needed at that time. Well, what about you? Because that's kind of really my second question. What is your experience with the Holy Spirit? What is your experience with the Holy Spirit? And I'm using that term experience on purpose, okay? You know, again, me, who's not an experiential kind of a guy, I'm using this one on purpose because I really believe when the presence of God connects with you, there will be an experience or an ongoing experience. Weird story in the Bible, Paul comes to a group of people and, and, and they're meeting together in a church setting, believe it or not. And he asks them a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You know, that's a weird question, you know. They give him a weirder answer. 
No, we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. They were just kind of gathering together, talking about the philosophy of Jesus and the theology of Jesus and what it all means. But as far as a life dynamic change in their life, it wasn't there. Jesus was just an interesting theological figure, religious historical figure that they can talk about and debate and maybe say he was a good man and good. Guess what? I think he was this or I think he was that. And what Paul is saying is, look, you have to have an experience of God connecting with your life through Christ. They were convinced Jesus was a good guy, but as far as having God enter into their lives through his personal presence. And maybe, I don't know, for you, maybe that's the missing piece in this whole deal, you know? You've come, you've come, you've come, and you've said, okay, I kind of get it, but I don't quite get it. You know, I mean, I I, I like the songs, I like the music, I like the messages better, but I like the music a little bit too, you know? And and, and, and I'm kind of getting why these people would be into it, but I don't get into this. And maybe it's because there hasn't been that personal surrender to say, Holy Spirit, come into my life through Christ, that I'm fully accepting this, that I'm not just going to simply walk kind of in the middle of the road. I'm going to make my choice for this. So how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Because there's an interesting verse, wild verse, and it's like throws two things together. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of a wild verse because we wonder how these two go together. Drunk, drunk with wine, filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, they do go together. Now, I'm not a wine drinker. I don't, I don't drink. I, I don't like to drink at all. Um, um, <laughs> the reason is, you know, number two, the reason is because I have a lot of friends in recovery and I, I just don't want them to stumble and fall. The main reason is because I just don't like this stuff. It just doesn't taste good. To, it tastes like medicine. Okay, just take medicine, and it's like I don't like that stuff. Anyway, it's not drink. But but we we went we went uh, me and some church leaders of our church. We when we were renting our space, we were invited by the owner who who owned the space that we were renting. We were, had to talk and negotiate a new lease, and so he invited us to have dinner with him. And he owned a large Italian restaurant over the hill. So we got in the car. We you know we prayed, prayed, prayed. We, you know, we, we we drove over the hill. And we sat down with him and nice outdoor setting, seated. Now he's the owner of this this nice nice restaurant, and so we're seated. And and well, it came time for this is Italian, okay, Italian all the way through. And of course, with every Italian meal, there's what there's wine poured, okay. So so they the 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 the, the guy comes out and he pours you know the owner a nice large glass of wine. Well, it just so happened the two guys I was with were were um, in recovery. You know, and they can't drink at all. They can't drink at all, and and so now we're talking about you know we're, we're negotiating a deal with the landlord. You got to be polite. You got to be kind. You got to be nice, and so they put their you know no thank you you know no thank you. And it came to me, and I'm thinking, oh great, you know, we got to be polite here. You know, we have to be polite. But I I don't drink, so I. I, I said, sure, just for, for politeness, you know. It's, again, it's not a sin, so don't worry about that one, you know. Not a sin. I just, just it's like, I was like, so, so they, they put poor wine. Now, we're talking about the owner here. So they don't give you a little bit of wine. They give you a what? They give you a lot of wine, you know. And so it's like, okay. So, so, so we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And the meal hasn't started yet because we're still talking about this or that. And so I tasted this stuff, you know. And this stuff was nasty. I mean, just nasty, okay? And again, I don't like it in the first place. It tastes like medicine to me. This tasted like burned medicine, okay? It's just, it's just burned medicine. It's like, and, 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 and so, you know, I'm figuring, okay, okay, I, don't, I, don't, I, I hate the taste of this stuff. I just hate the taste of it. And, and if I sip it, then I got to taste it a whole lot of times. So instead of, 
So the fewer, fewer drinks I take, the less I got to taste it, right? So I just did what? <laughs> I chugged it, bam, you know, put it, put it down. And, and, you know, I looked over at the owner, you know, and he is suitably impressed with me in this one. And so what does he do? Well, he signals to his, <laughs> to fill it up. And so I've got the same, so I'm, I'm chugging that, you know, chugging after all, I'm just thinking, bring it on, bring it on here, you know. Now, <laughs> so, so um, you, drink, you drink too much wine, what happens? Those of you that are in sobriety know the wine starts talking what? For you, okay? The wine starts talking for you, and they'll tell you that. The wine starts talking for you. Um, you are you, you're just under the What? You're under the influence. It's still you. You're under the influence of something. Here is what Paul is saying, okay? In the same way, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Still be you. You'll still be you. You're just going to be now under the what? Under the influence of something else. Now, it does not mean you're going to be out of control, you know, stumbling around or falling down or going crazy. You're still you. You'll still be you. You're just going to now be under the influence of something strong that's within you. And this is now the analogy, and this is what you have to grasp. You're still you. Because some people say, well, if I follow into this Christianity thing, what the heck is going to happen to me? Am I going to get all weird? And weird? No, you'll still be you. You'll just be now under the influence of God in your life. In situations and in circumstances and in trials and in challenges and in temptations, still you, you're just now under the influence. Listen to what it says. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There you go, still you. You're just now under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Each word, think of that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so this Friday when I'm writing this, this up, um, I, I had to keep working, you know, as I'm, I'm working with this stuff and kind of finalizing my thoughts. And I kept getting emails and texts from a person who was just going after me, you know, just going after me. And, and you know, pastoral ministry is weird in a lot of ways, you know. Because some people really, really like you and really, really love you. And there's some people that just get really ticked off at you and they need a lightning rod to you know, pour out all their madness. And, and, and I became her lightning rod at that point in time. And, and so I, I finally blocked the text because they just kept you know, being, ignoring me. But I haven't figured out how to, how to block when little, uh, an email message pops up, you know, here. And, and I mean, it was stuff like this, you know. First I was mad, you know. But now it, was, it comes down to... But, 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 Paul, I have, aff- I have forgiven you for offending me so much. And I'm thinking, I haven't offended you at all, but anyway. I've forg- and it's wonderful that God approves of me. You should repent, Paul, so that God can approve of you too. You know? And I'm thinking, oh, crud, you know? And I'm thinking the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience. And here I said, now I have to be, more than any other time, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And this is how God helps you through 
the craziness of life and the downs of life and the stupid people that come in your life, you know, in your life. And here it comes. Don't be drunk with wines. That's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. By the way, the term filled is a command. It's not a nice suggestion to do on a Sunday afternoon. It's a command. Well, so how am I supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How does that work itself out? You know? Well, just like your little wine, my little wine binge, it would be by involving myself in the processes that lead to it, okay? By the processes that are going to lead to it in my life. For instance, I cannot be filled with the Spirit if I have unconfessed sin, sin in me. I can't. I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if I have unconfessed sin. It doesn't work. I can't be filled with the Holy Spirit if I'm walking against God's will. If I know what God's will is and I'm going against it, you will not be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be grieved in you and will have sorrow in you. You can't be filled. And all of a sudden you notice that the love and the joy and the peace begin to go away. The patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the goodness, the faithfulness, self-control start to diminish I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if I have unforgiveness if I'm selfish with my life if I'm bitter towards another I can't it just doesn't happen I can be filled with the Holy Spirit when I truly worship God when I'm worshiping God because your heart is now connecting with the Holy Spirit God the Spirit and worshiping God the Father through Christ the Son can be filled with the Spirit when I surrender to Jesus Christ, when I'm in obedience to His Word, and when I want it. And again, maybe this is the missing piece in your life. I don't know. Maybe it's the missing piece in your life. Um, Because this is what leads us to live lives beyond the plain old apple, meh. To be able to say, God in me, God in me, in me. God's in me. And that means that today, when I leave this place, no matter what I face, God's in me. God's in me. And it also means that God's in me when I have to talk to somebody about something hard in their life. He's going to give me the love to do that. Also, when I have an opportunity to talk to somebody about faith, Christ is in me. God is in me. Allow me to do that. And so, big, huge question. Biggest question I can ask today. Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Do you? Do you know that? And if you're saying, I don't, I don't even know, or this is the first time I've heard of it, do you want it? Because it doesn't take a huge bunch of religious rules to get them. It's just simply a surrender and acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, that you can't get to God on your own, that Jesus is the way, is the real way. And saying, best as I understand and know how, I'm a sinner, can't do this on my own, I need you, Jesus, to love me and to forgive me. And I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now, would you please? And in this moment, this would be your opportunity If you've never, never accepted Christ, 
this is the thing that makes maybe all the people you realize have this incredible love and joy in this different from, from you. They have the Holy Spirit. Hey, ask them about it. Say, when did this happen to you? And how did it happen? And tell me about it. I want to know more. I want to experience it too. And maybe you're ready to experience this freshness of God, this newness of God. Maybe you're saying, Jesus, forgive me. I confess my sins to you. past life I've lived. I want to live it new now for you. Forgive me. And I ask for now your Holy Spirit to fill me. To fill me up because I want it. I want that. I want to have you in my life. I want to have you control my life. I want to be under the influence of God. Please, Lord. Show your love. Let me experience your love right now.